Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. Today, we are starting a new series. We're going to plan on doing this about once a month, but we are going to interview some of our Gold Loopers, which is anybody who's completed the Great Loop. And they're just going to tell us the story of their Great Loop adventure. We do these at our Great Loop Cruising, a Guide to the Looper Lifestyle Seminars, which is kind of our introductory seminar to the Great Loop. And they're really one of the most popular portions of that seminar that we do live face-to-face. So we thought it was a great idea to do some of these virtually and as part of our podcast, because everyone's always curious about the actual experiences of people who have been there and done that. So we're launching that series today, and our guests will be Brian and Karen Chapin. They are gold loopers who are on their second loop, and we'll find out more of their story in just a moment. First, I do want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. And as always, we encourage our listeners and viewers to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with the introductory business out of the way, I want to officially welcome Brian and Karen Chapin. Welcome. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thank you. Yeah. So first of all, um, Brian and Karen, as I mentioned, are currently on their second loop. And as you all probably know, I'm on the loop. So we're all coming to you from marinas this morning um, in New York. So if we have any little internet glitches, just bear with us and we'll get them straightened out. Um, But Brian and Karen, let's start. Tell us where you are this morning. We're in Clayton, New York, on the St. Lawrence, just at the end of the St. Lawrence, about to cross over into Canada to head around the uh, Ontario region. Yeah, and the lovely picture behind you is actually where you are, correct? That's it. It's right behind us. Yeah, and it's beautiful, and I know there are lots of loopers kind of headed in that direction, Um, and I want to kind of unpack a lot of what you just said, um, because it is your second loop and the first time I I believe based on when you did it that you probably didn't get to go to Canada. But let's, um, let's kind of start with sharing a little bit of the details about the boat that you're aboard. Okay, well, we're on a uh, a Ranger tug, a 25 foot Ranger tug from 2016. Um, It's what we call tiny living, but it has everything the big boats have. And uh, Either one of us can single hand it, we can trailer it. It's great on fuel, not too hard to maintain. Really a nice little boat. Yeah, and let's um, let's mention the fuel because that is a hot topic right now, especially, um, I don't know what you're finding out there, but here where I am in New York, which I'm in um, Kingston, New York, <laughs> sometimes on yeah. the loop it takes you a minute to remember where you are. Kingston is yeah. where I am, Clayton is where you are, so you're a little bit further yeah. north. Um, but we're, you know, we're finding most of the diesel pricing is approaching $7 a gallon. What are you seeing there in, in the Clayton area? Yeah, that's about the same. Early on in the loop, it was down in the fives, then the six. Now it's almost seven uh, everywhere we go. We actually use waterway guide quite a bit and look up where fuel, we use diesel. So we have to look up where they have diesel available. And then Karen gets on the phone and calls them and finds the cheapest prices. And sometimes it's as much as a dollar difference within a mile. There might be five marinas in one town and one will always uh, obviously have the lowest price. And that's where we tend to go. We've been using that same strategy and you're right. We have found places where it's, you know, a dollar or so a gallon cheaper by just picking a different marina along the path. So yeah, I, I do yeah. the same thing Karen's doing, make those calls, um, you know, start with waterway guide and 
use that as a basis, but it's changing so fast these days. And I'm finding more marinas are not reporting to waterway guide. And I don't know if that's just because it's changing right. so fast or because it's going so high, but what was the diesel price typically, if you remember on your first loop? And that was in 2020, correct? Yeah, uh, we started in 2020, finished in 2021, and it was about what two to three dollars. Yeah, mid mid two hundreds was the or yeah. two two dollars was the average. Yeah, yeah. So we're running double, almost triple this year. So last year we get four miles to the gallon at eight miles an hour. That's our our optimum cruising speed. We can get up to 16 miles per hour if we need to, and we have a few times, but eight miles is it and uh, four miles per gallon so we can get oh a uh, hundred and no, 200 and something miles out of our 80 gallon tank 240 miles almost 300 miles and if we slow down we can go even further so it's a pretty economical boat even with the high gas prices mm -hmm. but it is hurting this year a little bit yeah it, i think it is it's kind of hurting everyone this year yeah. and it's it's such a challenge because um, I'm a huge proponent of do this when you can. Um, so I hear people kind of mm -hmm. debating whether they should put it off because of fuel prices. And I'm so mixed on that because you never know what next year will bring. But mm -hmm. at the same time, we're out here paying those close to $7 a gallon and it is painful. So um, it's going to be a tough choice, I think, for some yeah. people. Um, but another yeah. thing that's going on this well, year if it's, is, if it's, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, if it's any help. Mm -hmm. uh, to people, especially in the planning phase. For us, all of our costs, everything, living, groceries, entertainment, fuel, uh, marinas, everything, last year was $24,000 to the whole loop. Mm -hmm. That's less probably than living at home where we're eating out all the time and uh, going to shows and theaters and all that sort of thing. So living on the boat is probably as cheap or cheaper than living at home but this year, because of the high fuel, what we've done is just we don't stay in marinas quite as often. We anchor out a little more and we don't eat out in fancy restaurants quite as much. Mm -hmm. And it's balancing out. I mean, we're still spending the same amount per month as we did last year. Yeah. So it can work. Yeah. And that's that's a really great point is there are several costs that are within your control. Mm -hmm. um, and one of them, of course, is the boat you select. And in a smaller boat, a 25-foot boat, you're certainly saving when you are in a marina over somebody who's in a 50-foot boat. You're paying half of that. And having a fuel-efficient boat also, you know, makes the difference. You're getting, um, you're, you know, you're going to pay a quarter for fuel of what somebody who's in a boat that's burning um, a gallon, a mile a gallon. Um, yeah. So those are, are definitely things that are working to your advantage from a cost yeah. standpoint. Um, but the other kind of big thing that I'm hearing um, is some concern because there are a lot of loopers out there this year. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that's stemming from a couple of things. I think obviously 2020 and 2021, some folks opted out those years. If they hadn't started, they just chose to wait. Um, and some folks who did the loop, like the two of you, um, are going around again to get to Canada, which they missed during 2020 or 2021. And all that's leading to more boats on the water. So you're there in Clayton getting ready to cross to Canada today, which is very exciting. Um, mm -hmm. But tell us, you know, what are you seeing out there in terms of the number of loopers? Is Yes, there are more. Is that creating any bottlenecks, any issues that you've seen so far? No, no. Well, you go ahead, I, I don't think we're seeing any more. Um, we actually thought we were a little bit late on the loop, but we're, we're still seeing lots of loopers, you know, come mm -hmm. in behind us. And, and most of the marinas have not been full. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, if we're going to do the marina, we, we do not have a, a, 
you a real we don't have a dinghy that can easily anchor and come in and out to the marinas but most of the larger boats do and um, we've seen that happening a lot so that either at the mooring balls or or just in in the harbors and that they're they're anchoring out and then dinging in so mm -hmm. they're yeah. spread out that's yeah, I think what, really spread out. what's happening is there, there's maybe 500 boats on the loop from what we've heard but they they're everywhere from florida to the other end of the loop i mean they're everywhere remember some of those people have been doing it for years and they may be on the loop each year but they're only doing a thousand miles or something and then they pull their boat up for the winter uh so i can tell you even here in the marina at clayton right now we've been here four days and the marina is almost empty there's five other loopers here, us and a couple of little fishing boats and about 30 empty slips. Yeah. So it's not bad at all. Yeah. And, and I'm seeing the same thing. And I hear that that 500 number thrown out a lot. In fact, yesterday I got an um, email from a reporter who um, was hearing that there were 600. And I, I think a lot of what created that is that fleet of 2022 t-shirt that has, yeah. a, I think it's yeah. between four and 500 names on it, but you are a hundred percent correct. Some of those people are not doing the whole loop um the people on the loop changes every single day some people finish mm -hmm. some people start um some people you know have to stop for one reason or another um but you know several of the the boats on that shirt have already crossed their wake and finished um mm -hmm. several of the, the names on that shirt won't start until the fall on the river system so mm -hmm. i it's more names than we've had in the past but i, I think it's led to a little bit of a panic if you will we have not had any issues finding dockage and we mostly do marinas and we have not had any issues with the exception of um, Wrightsville Beach and it happened to be Easter weekend. So it was a yeah. busy vacation weekend and we just went to the next town up, which was another 10 miles and it was not a big deal. So I'm glad that you're finding the same thing. And I've been asking everybody along the way because I hear so much concern and um, the concerns there, but nobody seems to be having any issues yet. We'll see what happens on the Great Lakes. I know that, you know, the Eastern shore of Michigan can sometimes be an issue. And what, what do, I know you did the Eastern shore of Michigan, the Michigan yes. side of Lake Michigan. Um, what, you know, what did you find in 2020 as you were coming down or was that 2021 no by then? No, it was, well, by then we were in 2021. We had to pull out because we had a, an engine failure. We had to replace our engine uh, a year ago, but uh, no, we didn't have any trouble except on weekends uh, coming down the coast. We, we try to, go to a marina on Friday and stay there for the weekend if we can, especially holiday weekends. And I was in fact just going to mention that the, the only times we've really had any people say, no, we have no room is uh, in Florida on the Keys on a weekend. Mm -hmm. And so another benefit of having a small boat, we went out to Bahia Honda Key where only small boats can get in. And there was <laughs> hardly anybody there. We had the place almost to ourselves and took a bus half an hour uh, for a dollar down to mm -hmm. Key West. Yeah. So there's always ways if you have a small boat. We've never had a problem. Yeah. Never had a problem. So let's go ahead and dive a little bit more into your first loop. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what the, the time frame was, how much time you took to do it, things like that. Okay. Yeah, it took us 159 days on the boat, mm -hmm. but we had to pull out uh, for three months. We started in Florence, actually Knoxville, Tennessee. We wanted, we weren't too familiar with our boat and cruising so we wanted a bit of an on-ramp so we started in Knoxville and went down the Tennessee River so that was our you know, 300 mile on-ramp onto the loop and uh, got on basically at the top of the 10 tom and carried on 
and after the day after we crossed the Gulf of Mexico, 172 miles over to Clearwater through the night, the next morning our engine blew. And uh, we had to pull out for three months and get it replaced and then restarted at the same place the following March and uh, finished by the end of July, which is pretty quick. But we don't feel like we missed anything. We, we stopped and smelled the roses all over the place and had a great time. Um, we did the Okeechobee last year and we did the U.S. side of the Great Lakes, which was actually quite a surprise. We loved Cleveland and uh, what's the name of that? Pudding Bay, a little mm-hmm. island that's yeah. kind of touristy, but lots of fun. You can rent a golf cart all over the place. Um, actually, really nice time. And then, like I say, we finished after 159 days in uh, Florence, Alabama last July, in July. And that was supposed to be the end of it because it was my dream to do the loop for the last 20 years. Karen came along sort of reluctantly. Uh-huh. And then by Christmas time, after we finished the first loop, well, I should back up. When we finished the loop, Karen said, that's it. I'm done. And then uh, by December, she said, oh, maybe we should do that again. <laughs> and so I said, okay. <laughs> I grabbed onto that right away and we started again in March. Well, especially with the opportunity to go into Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're originally from Ontario. And so all of our friends and relatives are still in Ontario. And so the, the chance to do the Trent Severn and have people come to see us for a change rather than us always going to Ontario and driving to see them um, was was the big appeal. And then really at the last minute, we've decided to, um, because where we are in Clayton is part of the Thousand Islands to continue up to Montreal and then do the Ottawa River. And we're going to spend the the week in Ottawa because that'll be Canada Day while we're there. And then, then down... was the only reservation we've made yeah Uh because it's the longest of the long weekends it's like july 4th in the u.s so it's going to be very very busy so we i'm very very exciting that you'll be there for canada day yeah 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 i was going to mention too another thing that we did differently this year is we added electric bikes so i built a locker on the roof of our little tugboat and uh, Kim, if you have, if you find a picture on our blog, you might want to post that. But if not, I can send you one. But it has doors on either side, so no matter what dock we're at, we can lower the bikes onto the dock, unfold them, and go. And it ha- they have a, a range of 40 miles, and it's really opened up a lot of opportunity for us to go places, do shopping, uh, go to a movie, whatever we want to do. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these little towns don't have Uber. And as we found out in Clayton, you can't rent a car here. <laughs> There's nothing. So it's a beautiful town and great boating museum and all kinds of neat restaurants and a lot of fun. But you're here. If you're here, you're, you're stuck here. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, your cruising preferences, your cruising style. You did mention that your kind of preferred speed is about eight. Was that yeah. miles per hour or eight knots? I don't yeah. recall. In miles. Yeah. In miles. Yeah. Um, and you did mention that because of fuel costs are kind of anchoring a little bit more. Um, but typically, you know, how frequently do you choose to anchor versus tie up at a marina? Um, do you tend to stay multiple days when you're at a marina? Um, tell us a little bit about those kinds of choices that you make when you're cruising. Well, we, we if we're traveling and, and aren't going to be in a town with things we want to do, we'll typically try to anchor out or tie up at a free dock or 
maybe uh, along a dock wall, like uh, a lock wall, I should say, like in uh, Oswego, before we crossed, we just tied up between the last two locks on the wall. No power, no nothing. We just walked into town and uh, no cost. And right. today, when we crossed into Canada, we're going to go through customs at the marina and then go down the St. Lawrence River and drop anchor uh, by a provincial park or a state park or a uh, national, national park, park, I should say. So, well, we also have our park pass for yeah. Ontario for Canada for the summer too. Yeah. Right. So That'll in help. Canada in particular, if you buy the lock pass and the mooring pass, mm -hmm. you can tie up along the walls and you really don't have to go to a marina much except to get fuel or a pump out. Yeah. So, and, and some of them, some of those, the lock stations where you can tie up on the wall, some of them do have power too. Not all of them, yes. but a few of them do along the Trent Severn. So that is yeah. a great, great option. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk a little bit about how the reality of the trip differed from your expectations and maybe I'll let Karen answer that one first since you did say she was at first a little bit reluctant and has now agreed to go a second time so you know Karen how how is how it all panned out how does that differ from what you expected it to be well to start he he had been talking about it and perhaps it was my perception or how he described it was not appealing to me initially <laughs> at all <clears throat> but then then when we did a little more research and certainly, you know, we committed and bought the boat. And then that was, of course, the first year of COVID and we were doing all the webinars for the AGLCA, mm -hmm. then that certainly encouraged me. And so having started the loop and then done the loop last year, definitely a lot easier than I anticipated. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the resources that... Uh, the waterway guide online, the apps, um, the, the books, the Skipper Bobs, all of those resources uh, make it so easy. You know, I can't imagine the, the first loopers decades ago trying to figure it all out on their own. But um, there's, it's, it's really, and, and at each, each looper that you meet, you share so much information mm -hmm. that, you um, it, it just all gets a lot easier and everyone looks out for each other. Um, we've had some wonderful people uh, at the, at the marinas, people that aren't even loopers offering to help us. And um, um, even yesterday, I actually delayed um, staying here in Clayton because we were trying to get, he's had a, a knee problem kind of flare up. And so we were trying to get a, orthopedic appointment and it just happened on the weekend a couple was walking by on our dock who are local residents and uh, chatting about the boat they, they were old boaters but didn't have a boat anymore and and he said but do you need a car and I said well we might and so sure enough when we got the appointment we thought we could do it in Clayton could not um, it was the, the only appointment we got was 26 miles away and so he came picked us up drove us to the appointment, picked us up, drove us to the pharmacy to pick up a script and then brought us back. And so it's, it's the kindness of those people that um, it's been so rewarding to, uh, to not only meet the loopers, but meet everyone who's interested in, in, in boating in general. So, yeah. And I love that you shared that story in particular, um, because I think some people hear that and think that that's an unusual thing. And in the rest of the world, it is an unusual thing. Yeah. But I hear stories like that from loopers all the time. And there's something about this community and how this community of loopers interacts with the local communities 
that sparks those kinds of kindness and generosity. And I just love that about the loop and about the small towns and the big cities that all of us are cruising through. So um, Brian, how about you though? Any differences between what you expected and what the reality turned out to be? Well, like Karen said, I think it's easier than we expected. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone kept asking us, first of all, if we were crazy. <laughs> and secondly, are you a uh, certified captain or something? And we said, no and no. You know, we're not crazy. We're not captains, but we like boating. And we've never had a cruising kind of boat. We've had pontoon boat and canoes and kayaks. And we've always sailboats. sailboats. We've done small, like get wet boats, mostly all our lives. And uh, so what we did is we, we took boating safety courses locally and got our cards. <laughs> That's like an hour online. And then we also watched as many of the webinars as we could on the EGLCA and learn tons off of that. I mean, that is probably the best resource okay. to learn. Um, we went online and looked up things like what certifications we needed for our radio, like in Canada, you have to have an operator's license. So again, you just get it online in about 15 minutes. And uh, um, then we went, I mean, that was it. And we learned along the way. And like Karen said, you learn from everybody else every night at Docktails. Well, we don't have Docktails every night, but when, when we do, as often. Yeah, as often as we can. <laughs> when we're with other boaters, some of them have been ahead of us. Some are asking us what we have experienced. So you're learning from everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is you make mistakes and you learn from that. Let's face it. Um, yeah, one thing we really become attuned to is the weather because everything we do is driven by the weather. So I'm constantly checking Windy, which is a, an app that shows us waves and, and wind, especially on big water, like, like Ontario, uh, Delaware Bay, Mobile Bay, the ocean, all those sorts of places. And we don't go if it's going to be two foot or greater waves or more than 15 mile an hour winds. And even then it's a little lifty. We look for zero wave or one foot wave. And that's <laughs> uh, again, we're pretty small, so we can't tolerate a lot. But um, us personally. Yeah, the boat will take a lot. It takes a lot. It's a comfort factor. Yeah. 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 And it's nice that you have that um, kind of no go, no go parameter that you said, you know, two feet or less, 15 miles or less. Um, and everybody's numbers there are different, but it's great Mm -hmm. that you have them because it makes the, I think it helps to avoid making a bad decision when you've kind of got that line in the sand, so to speak, that line in the water, um, when you'll go or not go. But I want to take a quick break and play a message from one of our sponsors. When we come back with the time we have left, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, some of the highlights of your trip and also what advice you would give to people who are just starting out with the planning. So we'll be back in a moment. Okay. Let our friend John Heenan at SkyMed explain to you why your health insurance does not pay or only pays for a small portion of emergency medical travel transport. Say you're on the loop in Canada and have Medicare. You must get back to the USA to be covered once you are stabilized. That also is true for the Bahamas. No worries. SkyMed pays for transportation to your home hospital by a private medical jet, helicopter, or other means that can keep you stable until you reach the destination from anywhere in the world. Pets with you, they go home with you. What about your boat? Call John Heenan for more information at 954-520-4553. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guests today are Brian and Karen Chapin, and we are launching a brand new series called The Story of Our Loop, where we are talking with some of our gold loopers about their experiences on the Great Loop. 
and Brian and Karen are on their second loop right now. So they're coming to us from Clayton, New York aboard their boat. Um, Brian and Karen, tell us what were some of the highlights? And it's, it's so, I, it almost feels silly asking that question because it's a trip full of highlights. Yeah. Um, but if you can focus in on a few of, you know, kind of the best of the best that you enjoyed on your first loop. Karen, why don't you? Uh, having pictures taken by another boater in front of the Statue of Liberty. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is clearly our million dollar photo everyone loves to see. Um, and, and just, I guess in, Brian had mentioned earlier, Cleveland, um, this was from last year. We, we were so surprised what a lovely town Cleveland was and, and so many things to see. Um, and there, I guess, Mackinac Island. I mean, mm -hmm. we've heard so much about it, and, uh, but we had never visited there. Mm -hmm. and so to, to be able to visit there by boat and, um, and just, it was such a unique experience. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Well, a couple, a couple that spring to my mind was uh, one in Florida in the first loop. Oh, yeah. We, again, are on a small boat. So we were able to go up into, well, we went to Lake George, which is in the middle of Florida, not far from Orlando. And we went up a couple of the little side rivers where they have these springs, uh, really, really nice springs. And we went up the first one. It was kind of filled with other boats. So we said, let's not stay here. We went back out. And then we went to the next one, barely got over because we're a 26 inch draft and we touched bottom, but we got over the sand at the beginning of this little river, went up to the end and uh, oh, about three or four miles. And it was an open spring fed pool, if you will. And there were a few dozen people there, some on boats, some with their cars and their kids swimming. It, crystal clear, 70 degree water, but waist deep. So nice. We just got in the water and started scrubbing our hull as we walked over <laughs> from the outside. Mm -hmm. And uh, a, a guy came over on his paddleboard with his dog on the bow of the paddleboard. He talked to us, uh, stood there and paddled around us and just talked to us about the great loop and our boat and everything, his life and everything for about an hour. And we found out he's 80 years old <laughs> wow. and, and his wife was on our, on their pontoon boat a, a few hundred feet away and he just enjoyed it. And we enjoyed his company and chatting. And then it, as the sun went down, everybody left and we had that whole spring fed lagoon to ourselves for the whole night. It was crystal clear sky, crystal clear water, and it was just beautiful. And I, I'll never forget that. That was a neat one. Uh -huh. and, and there was another lagoon that, um, on a, from an island we, and we got cool. the anchorage from the waterway guide and we went in there was a just the only other one was a sailboat in there already and in the at, late afternoon the manatees came in and we're swimming around the boat and yeah, that was yeah. just north of cabbage key about a mile yeah yeah, yeah. can't remember the name of the key but very small yeah yeah so what do you think um you gained from doing the loop. I talked to so many gold loopers who feel like it, it changed them in some way. What did the two of you gain from doing the loop? That's a tough one. I, I think. Flexibility. Uh, yeah. We, we <laughs> learned about each other a lot after. <laughs> yeah. 30, well, we celebrated our 35th anniversary while we were on the loop. Mm -hmm. this yeah. This year. So we, we kind of learned that um, we can get along in a small space. Like our boat's not much bigger than the size of most people's bathroom and we're on it for <laughs> six months at a time mm -hmm. but you know we've learned to cooperate and be flexible with each other and respect each other more and it just it's made for a better time better marriage and I would say um, 
sorry, my, my computer pinged at me here. Um, the other thing is we made a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably we have hundreds of boater cards and probably a few dozen of those we'll stay in contact with. We're still in contact with people that were on the loop with us last year mm -hmm. who for various reasons can't do it this year. So we're, we're in touch and they're following our loop. We're also finding out that a lot of our friends and family are kind of living our their dream through us because yeah. they're not able to for various reasons. And, and they're just thrilled with it. They love it. They, they love our updates to our blog uh, every week. And yeah. so, so a lot of knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. So any advice you would have for somebody who's new to this idea and, and just starting out with their planning? Well, I guess go do it. You know, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, don't don't wait because you will never know it all. And you'll never feel like you know enough that you're always going to be learning along the way. But do a boating course for sure. Don't don't ever go boating without having some sort of training on the boat. It only takes an hour or two, but you'll learn enough to be at least safe, not kill yourself or anybody else. Uh, and do join the HGLCA and do the webinars because there's a wealth of information there. And and before our first loop, because we we live on a big lake north of Atlanta, um, and we could trailer the boat, so we would put the boat in. And, and live on it on the lake for a couple of days. We just anchor out. And that was, we didn't know the boat or anything. You know, Brian was learning all the logistics of all the electronics and everything. We would make lists and we hauled off a lot of stuff off the boat that we knew we wouldn't use. And then over the like, winter- Like beds for guests. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, when pe people got pretty excited when they, they heard we were buying a boat and then we told them how big it was. And then, <laughs> uh, and then even last winter, we, we still, over the winter, made a lot of modifications to things we were bringing, things we were taking off the boat. So I guess the big advice is to, before you start the loop, because we've heard several people that um, go somewhere, buy the boat, and they're, they're taken off right away. It's really important to you know, spend some time on the boat and take off a lot of the excess that you won't need or, and make sure you have what you want. And, and you always probably are taking far more than you need. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's really great advice. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, one final question before we wrap up that I don't think we covered. What is your boat's name? Tug Life. Tug Life. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Most people think it's related. People our age think it relates to the movie Bug Life, but no. we didn't name the boat, and it's actually a two-pack song called Bug Life. A <laughs> <laughs> <This> rapper. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we did not know really the real meaning of the name of the boat until about three months after we bought it, and our son finally shared why Kim and his friends were always laughing when they saw the name of our boats. <laughs> but now we come funny. to love it because everywhere we go, the young people get it and think mm. we're the coolest people on the water. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. There's always a good story behind boat names. Even if it's yeah. not the name you pick, there's always something. So um, this has been a great conversation, Brian and Karen. Thank you so much for sharing these details. I think you've inspired many um, who are still planning and that is exactly why we're doing these. So um, I think this was yeah. a great launch to the series. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for, for having us. us. Yeah. And to every journey, Kim. yeah, thank you. And you as well. And to everyone who has joined us, thank you for joining us. Um, we will be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.